You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow with myself, Lindsay Williams, and the double-headed dream team of Viv Govender from Rand Swiss, and also David Shapiro from uh, Sassman Securities. Yes, so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what, David? I saw at the end of your, I saw at the end of your piece in Business Day on Friday, you had a very, very fancy title, and I started to think maybe I've been calling you by the wrong title okay. all these years. What are you? No, no. No, I, I, I'm going to tell you very quickly what happened. Okay. For a very brief, brief period when I rejoined Sassman, uh, that's a history in itself, but I said, I don't want an executive role. But there was a point where being a broker, they had to, I had to step in as an interim CEO for a few months until they found someone mm. to run the place. Yeah. So <laughs> I suddenly became CEO. And then they had to fire me because they found someone else, and I was delighted. But they thought, oh, they can't fire me. So they made up a title called deputy chairman. And then one day we found out, well, hold on a sec. If you're deputy chairman of Sassman Security, who is chairman? We never had a chairman. Therefore, I was deputy to <laughs> – <laughs> this is funny. To a fictitious so, character, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so Roy Anderson, who was chairman of Sassman Group at that stage, said, look, sorry to do this to you, Mr. Shapiro. I said, I'm delighted. The last thing I want is an executive role. So then they said, well, we can't just leave you as a person. You know, we've got to give you a title. So they made up this thing called Chief Global Equity Strategist or something, which <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it means. But if you want to call me by that, that's my name. You see, that's who I am. I prefer, but, <laughs> I prefer the simple, simple one. But, David, it can't look very good on your CV. You've been sacked twice. You've been sacked as the CEO and sacked as the deputy chairman. I mean, what, what is that? Yes. That looks terrible. Exactly. Yeah. That is the truth. Okay, let's move on, gentlemen. Viv, we had the January consumer price inflation data from the United States this afternoon. As I predicted, I get one thing right a year. I predicted it would tick up or be worse than the so-called experts are expecting. It came in at 6.4%. They were expecting 6.2%. And the monthly gain was half a percent. Not a big reaction from the market. The message it does send to us is that it's not going away quite yet, inflation. Oh, yes, most certainly. And look, I mean, there were some like negative things. I think the cracking price went up a bit in the period. So there's obviously a bit of trouble. That's, that's how much it costs to convert your, your your petroleum into gasoline and the other products that came along. Yes. Uh, and look, it's, it's still down from the previous period. It's down from 6.5 to 6.4. Uh, core inflation came in as expected. Uh, it, but it is not going to happen as quickly as people have been hoping. And I think, you know, as with anything, the last bit is often the hardest bit. Uh, and I don't know if we, what's going to happen to get us from, like, say, five down to three or four, uh, or three to three or two, sorry, uh, and what's going to be required for that. Because I think sometimes these kind of things do become a bit embedded over time. Yeah, okay. So what's the prediction? In March, the US Federal Reserve meets again, and it's almost baked in, as they say, that it's going to be a quarter of a percent up. David, what do you think? Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think it's, you know, I'm with Viv, it's going to take time. You're not going to get a symmetrical uh, fall in, in, in the inflation rate. There's going to be ups and downs and that. And I, I, I must say, I try to apply myself to the report that came out, but there's so many different moving parts, it's almost impossible to understand it. So I did turn to capital economics. Yes. Um, and, and, I read their report, and uh, what they do say is they do expect uh, acceleration from now, mainly on the fact that a lot of 
the supply of goods is easing. In other words, more goods are going to start coming to the market, which will bring a lot of the physical goods down and so on. And also they're expecting house inflation to come down. So they are expecting uh, this trend to continue. But Lindsay, to try and call it, um, unless you have a very sophisticated model that embodies all these numbers is, is very difficult. You know, certainly for me, maybe Viv's got a better grip of it, but uh, I just go with the flow. The only thing I must say yeah. is that the volatility when this number came out was up and down and up and down, even in our market. But for the meantime, uh, and this this is important, is that that I'm looking at the U.S. markets um, having they were up to start, went down. And I'm looking at the NASDAQ and the uh, S&P at the moment, and they're quite significantly up. The S&P up about 0.35% and the NASDAQ up 0.069%. So that's, you know, that's a fairly good gain against this kind of number. So it does show you uh, hopefully what the market's thinking of it. Yeah, it's interesting because when I haven't had a chance to look through all the different sectors, but most of them were up. And the other thing they said was, they said that in the future, it should come down because inventory levels are so high. Mm. They've, been, they've been built up and now they've got a sort of destock and that will yep. maybe bring inflation down over the next six months or so. I don't know, but um, certainly it's not going away. Many people thought it would be down um, on its way to sort of four or five percent uh, in the next quarter, but obviously none of it. Viv, let's have a look at the JSC, if we can. Just in the last um, hour or so, I think we've had a trading statement from Santam. Earlier on, we had Telcom and Spa. Do you want to take any of those, Viv, any of those that you favour or don't like? Well, we can look at Telcom here. Uh, basically, you know, that company has been under a great deal of pressure for quite some time. Uh, I, I think, you know, we don't know, for instance, if it's viable to have that third operator in the mobile sector. The mobile sector is a telecom sector in, in, in South Africa at the moment. Uh, they have raised some money. Uh, basically, they, they, are, they are trying to basically get big enough to basically compete. And I don't know if that's going to be viable uh, for the company going forward. So that's one of the interesting things that I've seen. Uh, like I said, the, the telecom sector, in a couple of ways, is maturing. So we're seeing the Vodacoms and the MTNs moving on to... Uh, you know, getting the uh, add-on financial services and other things added onto their, uh, you know, their, their, their suite of offerings. And I think that might be a great thing going forward. They've done certainly very well in Africa. Uh, but telecom, almost like, you know, you think should be there, but really is not able to compete against those two megaliths. And they don't have, they're almost competing in the last battle. Uh, and whereas their competitors are moving on to the next one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know what Telcom does anymore because I don't follow it. But I, I do know that if you dug up all the copper wiring and everything and flogged it to a, a scrap metal merchant, you'd probably get more than the share price. But of course, yeah. that's unfeasible. Why people put that in a company report? Well, you know, INAV is this because of this. It's, it's a lot of nonsense, in my opinion. David, Spa came out with a strange sort of 18-week trading statement. Now, tell me about Spa because I used to live in Constantia and there was a small spa there mm. and they did very yeah. well during um, lockdown when you weren't allowed to travel uh -huh. a certain distance and go to the big supermarkets. So the one yeah. around the corner yeah. did very well. Does that mean because it's a small operation and doesn't have the same economies of scale as the big ones, that prices are higher yeah. at the till? No? No. They, 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 Spar is actually a wholesale a wholesaler. It's a, it, it has a lot of franchisees, you know, people who own stores, and they're almost a buying organization. If you're with me, yes, sir. They do own a lot of their stores, so they they are a buying organisation. And if you own the store, you know they will buy for you. 
I don't know the exact uh, details of a of a franchise or or an owner. I shouldn't call it a franchise. It's like an owner of a store. You know whether you can buy goods from outside, etc. But that's really what Spa is, and it's been a superb organisation. I think what's dragged it down is it's had some corporate governance issues, which I still think are overhanging the company. Yes. Um, so there have been some. You know, it, it, I don't think that's sorted out completely yet, although the market uh, has moved up significantly uh, this year. They, they had issues uh, offshore. They had issues, I think, Switzerland volumes are still down. They've had issues there. Poland is finally coming right. It's starting to steady. Um, and in the, I think in, I haven't gone through this in greatest, in the greatest of detail, but I think in, in the UK and Ireland as well, where they have another thing. You know, things are also starting to improve. I think the local operation, you know, was was pretty decent. The market just brushed it aside. You know, I think the market went up slightly today, yes. but there wasn't any major response to it. Um, I've got to defer to to retail analysts, you know, who go through every one of those numbers and compare and tell you whether this matched up to their expectations or not. But um, there were no shocks in it. You know, I don't, th- I don't think there's anything in the results that, that uh, you know, shocked us in any big way. So mm. I think that's why they're just trading steadily. Okay, I'll stay with you on this but, one, uh, but David. They've got to, yeah, go on. They've got, to, they've got to reestablish their credibility. I think that's the big issue, whether they can just move away from some of these accusations and, and issues that happened, uh, you know, that, that, that have been focused on spot. So I think, you know, we're waiting for that to unfold as well to see whether the company does move on. David, I'll stay with you for a second. Sorry, Viv, I'm not shunting you aside. I just want to know (laughs) David's view on the short-term insurance industry in general because Santam came out with their numbers today. If you haven't and you want to pass over to Viv or Viv if you want to chip in, that's great. Santam, I don't know. What was the the CEO's name? He was the brother of someone and... and the, the oh, no, brother uh, was the CEO Renton of Kirk, JD Group Kirk. or something. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Gretton Kirk, yeah. yeah. Ian Kirk and Gretton Kirk. Yeah. I like those two. They're uh, a good he's, fun. He's gone on to Sunlum now. Oh, has know, he? Uh, Ian, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, Santam? But I, I, I think the big thing with, with Santam is that it all depends uh, whether you have the kind of floodings and uh, COVIDs and all those kind of issues which, which plagued them. They, they, they seem to have got through that for the meantime. I haven't looked at it again. It's another one that um, I just had a very cursory glance at it. But I think that judging from the results, you know, it, it does appear that perhaps their, um, what do you call it, their liabilities are not as, you know, not as excessive as that they've had in the past. Mm. You just have to wait for a big flood to come into the Karoo or something like this, and it wipes out everything. But uh, so far, the floods have only been in the game reserve the Kruger National Park with no major damage. So, and, and remember last year we had Durban and all these kinds of things. So I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on to, to Viv to see if he's taken it in yeah. greater detail. Yeah, they, look, they show earnings coming down a little bit here. But one thing I, I, I do want to say about these insurance companies is I'm, I'm very nervous about them just because of the changing uh, you know, climate environment. As David mentioned, you know, it all depends on whether or not you have flooding happening and so on. And often these guys are building models that go back a couple hundred years or a hundred years or whatever it may be. But if you enter a new epoch where there's going to be much higher flooding, much higher, you know, to the stage of, of, of climate change and so on affecting you, 
Uh, I mean, it's 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 almost like picking pennies from a steamroller because you know it, it takes one major event that can totally change what your what your financial outlook looks like. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas what happens normally, you just get lecture premiums every year, uh, hoping that event never comes. But unfortunately, with you know climate change hitting you right now, uh, those events are going to be more likely and bigger than they were in the past. So that's a a bit of a danger. Uh, in terms of like the particular numbers, I mean, they did say that. Uh, uh, the decrease that they saw coming through was driven lower by underwriting results and investment income. Uh, they're going to get basically margins on the lower end of uh, you know their range. I think they're trying to aim for five to ten percent. It's going to be close to five to ten. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 reasonably okay numbers. Maybe slightly disappointing. The market really didn't react that much. I don't know how close to the end of the day it came out. Uh, it did end you know low for the day, but wasn't a, a dramatic move. It was low at at one point earlier in the day. Uh, but longer term, something like this, yeah, I'm very nervous about if I think that the climate environment is going to be a lot more un, uh, unpredictable than it was in the last 100 or so years. Yeah. You know, Viv, you look at, just, just Lindsay, if we look at what's happening now in uh, New Zealand, I mean, uh, yeah. in Auckland, they're having floods. Wherever we look, there are these weather issues. Now, I don't know. Um, I don't know how many thousands of years ago this might have happened, but it certainly is increasing. And and Viv's are you know absolutely right. It's uh, you never know what's going to occur next. So um, yeah, you know when things if they get one or two good years and there's no demand on their, uh, they can make an under a good underwriting profit, etc. That's fine, and you've got the market helping them. But but generally um, things can be difficult. I think, you know, the, the, the one thing, and this is where Buffett makes his float um, in, in, in the insurance, in the short-term insurance side, in that you put your premiums up front and any claims only come, you know, well down the line. So you've got this huge float that he's been using to fund the, the growth of Berkshire Hathaway. You know, this is because um, you pay your premiums up front and, and the claims, if you do make them, you know, are down the line, many years down the line. You mentioned the floods. I mean, there's ghastly yeah. floods in KwaZulu-Natal. I think close to 450 people died officially and probably more that are unaccounted for. But there's a headline I'm just seeing on News 24 now. It says, state of disaster declared after flooding as forecasters warn of more downpours strain on rescuers. And this is in Unkamazi municipality. So the floods are up north, David. And they're occurring now. I don't know how much that would affect something like a short-term insurer such as Santa, but surely there must be some implication for it. I'm sure they're very widespread. I mean, you know, sometimes is as uh, as uh, ubiquitous as um, what's it as some as um, Santa. You know, <laughs> some, yeah, they're all over the place. You know, you're always going to find Santa. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a massive insurer. So I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, where's where's Unkamaz? Where's Unkamazi? Un- I think Unkamazi. it's. I'm not sure because I I'm, know there are problems in in down in the game reserve. You know the southern end of the game reserve. We're talking about Melil- not you know Crocodile Bridge and all those. They co- they closed the game reserve. They closed four camps, and a lot of people who were in Lower Sabi were moved to tourists were moved to Satara and Tetra. The roads were just swept away. Yeah, our roads there. So. There are big issues down there, and I think that's that could be more rains are expected. You know, this is where Leopard Creek is, and all the uh, there's a lot of um, sugar field. I think TSB used to be there, which is what what's TSB now? Um, Viv? Is that uh, not RCL? Is it RCL? Yeah. 
Okay, you don't know your geography of South Africa. We don't know where there was flooding today. And um, Swaziland, round there. Yeah. <laughs> so, apparently, uh, I just looked at it right there. Apparently, it's seven provinces are affected, uh, including Kauteng. But I mean, I don't really have. Okay, I've seen the rain, but I haven't felt it to be particularly bad. But apparently, right now they're saying it's it's the Eastern Cape is Kauteng, Kaiser and Limpopo, Mpulanga, Northern Cape, and Northwest. So basically, every province almost except for two. Really? Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, above, above average uh, rain, uh, you know, coming through. Uh, so I, I, I didn't realize it was that bad. Mm. Uh, like I said, you know, not is working from home enough on the roads that much. But maybe it is that bad out there. <laughs> yes. Um, Viv, we've mentioned a couple of stocks, uh, Spa and, uh, and Santam and Telcom. Anything else that's catching your eye? Because David and I were chatting yesterday and I was looking at an S&P chart. And it's betwixt and between. You know, it's 3,600 at the bottom mm. a while ago, 4,700 at the top. And here we are at like, what are we, 4140, 4150 or something like that, if I look at my uh, futures. So it's mid-range. And David, you know, he's, he's getting a little bit more cantankerous as the years roll by. Mm. He's starting to mm. get bored with it. And I have to agree with him yeah. that you wake up in the morning, Viv, and you, you used to see a screen and say, gosh, that's exciting, whether it be good or bad exciting. It's not really exciting mm. anymore. I don't exciting can be over overrated but do you agree we're in this limbo period what is not a limbo the one thing that is having a direction is the round at the moment so if you've seen that yeah uh so we broke 18 for the first time in a few months um and it's quite, been quite a sharp movement we were at 17 just a week or so ago you know what i mean so yeah it, it the round has moved quite you know quite a big you know gap in the last few days uh we were down at say 1680 back you know the 14th of january a month ago uh, and so we've moved an entire round in the, in the last month. Um, and it, it, it is that the, the movement basically has been surprising. Uh, you know, obviously, there's many issues around the country with regards to load sharing, the inability of us to export properly, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, why is the market taking control of that right now? Especially like, you know, as we've been talking about the fact that inflation is coming down and we would be looking at, for instance, the U.S., et cetera, some of that uh, less pressure on those rates, higher interest rates that should be you know, positive for your budget markets. But, yeah. Uh, the round has been an interesting thing over the last few weeks. Yes, it has. Technical analysts I spoke to yesterday said it might come back to 1740, but he deals for quite a few importers, exporters, and they say there's lurking dollar buyers below 1750. Whether he's um, talking his book or not, I don't know. But anyway, David, you know Joanne Bain, and you saw a tweet from her mm, today. Mm. So why are we surprised that the round's going down? There's no infrastructure. There's no leadership in government. The ANC hasn't got a coherent plan. The US dollar is slightly stronger and may go stronger because of the latest inflation so don't be surprised and you know where could it be could we be talking in six months time if we're still chatting to each other could the round be 20 david probably look it can go anywhere i i find that uh, those internal factors have very limited influence on the on the rand it's always the dollar you know here and there there might be if there's some major political event you might have a knee-jerk reaction but uh, it's the rand is astonishing. When I say astonish me, it's you know it's been dollar strength. But uh, the other thing is that if you look at our bond markets, it's rock steady. I'm talking the long end. Yeah, it's absolutely rock steady. You know, against this background that Joanne, that you were talking to Joanne about about the deteriorating um, infrastructure, an economy that's going nowhere, and yet. Um, that you're still getting, um, you know, money flowing into that side of the market or holding, rates holding at those kind of levels. I still think they remain, um, you know, they remain 
attractive. And this is against the threat of gray listing, downgrades, you name it. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's a bit of an enigma. There is selling of our market. I think that I just looked at some of the stats and foreigners are taking money out of the, certainly of the equity market. Um, but, but it's not, it's not clearly evident. You know, it's not, it's not obvious. No, it's not. And um, the rand is also a speculative currency. I find if the dollar moves half a percent against the euro, for example, the rand moves 1.2 to 1.5 percent. It's very, very highly geared to the performance of the greenback. Okay, speaking of which, let's have a look at some markets now. The dollar rand is 17.79, which is a 0.7 percent fall for the US dollar. British pound against the rand is 21.73, euro rand 19.15. Not as exaggerated a percentage move against those two, but still, nonetheless, a steadying. Euro dollar 107.60 after that inflation data, which is a 0.8% gain for the euro against the USD. I've got gold price, eh, it's up 11 to 18.62. Platinum is down 8 to 9.58 and palladium is up 20 to 15.39 dollars an ounce. Okay, the US 10-year Treasury yield, the one that we watch or the one that I watch when it comes to reaction to the economic data we had today, it was in the high 360s this morning, nothing much, 3.73, which is about oh, one and a half basis points yep. higher. Absolutely nothing. The South African 10-year, you said it's been rock steady. I don't know what you term as the long end, probably longer <laughs> than the 10-year. But yesterday mm. it got to 9.975, close to the magic 10% mark. Today, 9.84%, behaving quite nicely with the strength in the rand or relative strength in the rand, one basis point lower. S&P 500 futures, yeah, it's not bad. It's gaining a bit of momentum. It's up half a percent, 41.68. Uh, Bitcoin, 22,229, up 3.1%. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Before I go to my top five, bottom five, Viv, um, any ones that stood out for you today other than the ones we've spoken about? No, I mean, one interesting thing, I just looked at the, the kind of top five and modified movements. It, it, the trend today seems to be like some of the retailers on the top and some of the uh, commodity producers on the bottom, with the exception of Woolies, is also one of the there's a slight fall happening. But generally, there's a, a an over-representation of retailers on the top at the moment and a little over-representation of uh, commodity stocks on the bottom. Maybe that's the currency coming through uh, that's negatively affecting things. Okay, David? Uh, a small deal, you know, we were talking about short-term insurance this is actually uh, health insurance, but you know, Sunland was highly criticised for its bid for a company called Afrocentric uh, Investment. Yes, uh, they made a partial, but they went through with it. And I see that about forty-six percent of the shareholders of Afrocentric have accepted this partial offer, which means they could accept more than they were actually bid for, just to ensure that Sunland got the amount that they wanted. So I'm not sure what the next move is. But um, I see Afrocentric up a little bit today, about 3%, uh, not much in Sunlam. But, uh, it, you know, Afrocentric is, is, is not a large company. It's a $3 billion company. Mm. And one was questioning why why this bid was made, you know, why why Sunlam, were, who have got Suntum and that, you know, wanted to go into this area. But mm. anyway, that was just a bit of corporate news around okay and that's it's one of the features today afrocentric that was up apart from the others that you're going to mention on the upside of my unsophisticated screen i've got telecom still up there at five and a quarter percent and i suddenly realized it's not really the results i mean viv you gave us a brief snapshot of the results but it's also the restructuring 
Because they're going to be culling a lot of employees and the market's callously and, and why not? Seems to like that. I think that's quite a big factor, cutting back on costs, but that's for another conversation. Oh, what else have I got? Uh, PSG Consult up 2.9%. Pick and pay, 2.7%. Mm. I was talking about that with David yesterday, Viv, right. and we realised it had fallen from 61.70 or something down to where it is now and may present value. Certain Some people in my limited circle have been saying that. And Hammerson up 2.7%. Downside, Royal Baffer King down 3.1, Ital Tile 2.1 in the red, Implats down 2%, and Northams down 1.7. So three of my bottom five are in the platinum, in the PGM sector, rather. David, maybe yeah. give us the closing JSC indices, if you would. We bounced up and down after the inflation reading. So having been up quite nicely, we came all the way down, but did managed to end up in positive territory. So the Orchard Index up 0.11% at 79858. Uh, resources were down, yeah. No, it's, it's a very, very small move. Resources down by a quarter percent, whereas banks up about a half a percent. Financials generally up uh, a third of a percent. And uh, industrials, yeah, flat. Nothing really much happening there, just up very slightly. Just on the volumes, volumes particularly low, another very, very okay. quiet day. Uh, it worries me, Lindsay. You know, we, we're at about just 15 billion, and most of the trade coming through is people, you know, in, in the closing auction as uh, balancing does, uh, takes place and so on. But generally, I, you know, I worry about the, the what's the word, the you know, future of the JSC with these kind of volumes because it, it drives brokers out. You know, if you're not managing people and you're not getting those kind of fees, if you're relying on brokerage, I think things must be very, very dull and very hard. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Okay, gentlemen, I am going to now prepare myself for an evening of football. When is the Arsenal-Man City game, David? Is it tomorrow? Tonight? Tomorrow, tomorrow night. Okay, tomorrow. good. So tomorrow it doesn't evening. conflict with my PSG against Bayern Munich and my Ipswich away game in the third division. Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> Day. Yeah, what about it? Um, what about it? <laughs> What, 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 do you, what do you want to know, Viv? What are you trying to get out of me here? What's happening? I'm saying, like, I'm saying, like, that, that, that's a bad way to go about things. Football at Valentine's Day. You know, uh, what, you know what I do. I, I take this very seriously. You know, if my if my TV room is a mess, you know, the ashtray here, which is not me. I don't smoke a couple of tins of beer, and that's not me either because I, I don't drink beer anymore. I get it all meticulously uh, set out because I can't watch a game properly if there's clutter around. I need to clear my head. I need to clear the space around me. It's almost mm. like a feng shui thing i've got going here with um with, with with football so i'm going to go and do that gentlemen thank you very much for your time this evening viv governor is from rand swiss david shapiro from oh. sassman securities ex uh, deputy chairman ex ceo and now just david shapiro and we'll, we'll speak again on, on thursday that was the five o'clock shadow the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.